Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick, and apparently give too much away in the intros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Julie. And I'm Emma. And today we're talking about some things and some stuff. Stay tuned. <laughs> Was that short enough, Julie? No. Today we're obviously talking about the ultimate UK Drag Race episode. We're concluding season two. Then we head across the pond to US, which will be going on for the next 84 years. We'll see you there, Rose. We talk about a lot of random things that we watched and listened to this week. Got a couple good ideas. Lots of sad movies about women. This promising young woman became a nomad. And did she land on her feet? No. So sit back and enjoy this really upbeat episode of Takes All Over the Place. That was perfect. Amazing. Um, oh my gosh. I wrote out things I've watched this week and it's once again a, a cornucopia of sadness. But <laughs> Why we are all over the place. I feel so like the I, hardest thing with social interaction is just that nothing can usurp the joy of sitting alone watching TV. And that's why with this podcast. While looking at your phone that. and eating. Yeah. There's no greater trio. <laughs> Although I have to say, promising young woman, I did actually put my phone down and watch the entire movie. It was thrilling and deeply upsetting. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Let's go for it. I feel like I just summed it up pretty accurately with those succinct <laughs> and adjectives. We're done. But let's <laughs> thanks. See you next week. So it was first of all, the actress in that, Carrie Mulligan, is absolutely fantastic. And the entire time she was just a vision, which made, spoiler alert, obviously. Oh yeah, big spoilers. Let's duh, we're not, I can't restrain yeah, myself. We're gonna do the whole thing. Emma it's might put like, it in this chat notes if you do not want to know, because there are some big ass spoilers. Go away. Come back. Yeah. You need self-control <laughs> to withhold information. I don't have that. That's why I'm not a spy. But I... And your inability to drive. I feel like spies need to drive. Planes. <laughs> yeah. Boats. Vespas. Sorry, Nick Bond. <laughs> Moving on. Um. Yeah. Stirring, thought-provoking, gut-wrenching towards the end. And it was one of those movies that I woke up this morning. And I was like, why am I sad? And I was like, ah, oh, the pandemic. <laughs> I was like, but there's more than that. And I was like, ah, oh, depression. <laughs> then I was like, but even deeper... Gary Mulligan died in A Promising Young Woman, and it was just heart-wrenching. She not only died, does it really take that long to smother someone? Fuck. I know. Did they? Why'd they do it real time? It's like... I, I don't know. <laughs> it was like the Liz Lemon sandwich eating one shot. You're like, how long is this going to take? No, and I think that made it more disquieting that you were so invested in that moment, and there was no reprieve, no music, just like her muffled last breaths under this pillow, and it was just quite shocking for that to happen. In the and it was inter- Piz from Veronica Mars. I know. It was all good guys. It was all good guys. Right. It was all comedy actors. It was all people. Like, it felt very pointed. Like, you're not supposed to trust people even though you thought you could trust them. Adam Brody, come on. <laughs> he was in Gilmore Girls. Is nothing sacred? So that was a poignant element where it's just like the good guys are sometimes worse. So she said something akin to that directly. And... Yeah, I mean, it did make me immediately just want to... I've also been watching a lot of Walking Dead, so I do feel like I need to have seven guns on me at all time. But I was like, I just need to open fire on the patriarchy. And then I was like, <laughs> it's one of those moments where the gun turns on yourself, and it's like, it's you. <laughs> you are the enemy. Yeah, it was super fucking disturbing. God. 
but really well done in a really weird way, like a super heavy topic that's also a black comedy with a rom-com in the middle. It was done obviously really well, or I would have hated it, and I didn't. I was a couple times like, what, what are we doing here? What's happening? But the most upsetting part that I've listened to a couple podcasts today and read some stuff about it, nobody talks about Max Greenfield, number one, basically still playing Schmidt with his like cagey physical stuff, and then immediately hugging Piz and being like, this isn't your fault. This isn't your fault. You're like, what? That, that, that felt disingenuous. The rest of it I was fine with. But really, are there sycophant guys who do that immediately after you killed someone that you're still handcuffed to? Like, what's happening? Well, it felt like a very obvious, like, this is bro culture, bros before the hose, even if you literally kill them. And it's like, you know what? Again, so much of my worldview in the past two weeks has been imbued with The Walking Dead that I cannot stop watching. But it's like, the lengths to which people can lose their humanity are very quick. Especially men. I mean, women too. She goes for Alison Brie, but you're just like, I can't believe you are going to put yourself in this position to pretend to be blotto and have some stranger attack you so you can attack him back. I mean, shame him, yes, but I'm thinking that the red pencil marks, red pen marks meant she cut them in some way. No? Yeah, I mean, there were different colors. And that's what Phil brought up when we were watching, is that maybe that was the distinction. And I was like, maybe she's more than one pen. But it is entirely possible that <laughs> she uh, she murdered them. And that's what I loved. And they did, I don't know about murder, but at least cut violence. Um, something. So there's a beautiful song by the Ravenettes entitled Boys Who Rape Must All Be Destroyed. And that was the vibe going in, where I was just like, I want them all to die. Let's kill them all tonight. I wonder how the... I mean, obviously... The bro culture is probably not going to watch this movie, but... But also, it felt like, who's it for then? Because it wasn't, I don't think, for for people that have experienced this. You know, no, it, it was very triggering. Not at all. Yeah. Like, there was... That didn't... Empowerment wasn't the point. The director, at one, in one interview, was talking about how it was more... And rather than being revenge fantasy, it was more about the cycle of addiction. Right. Um, her conversation with Molly Shannon, where, like, Molly Shannon tries to say, You're, this is not about, you know your friend who's dead anymore like this is something you're battling and you need to the scene when she sees Bo Burnham and she's like I'm just really tired and then he sees her at the bar later because she needs her fix right she needs to mm-hmm. like go do her work Ugh. and then they made me fall in love with Bo Burnham and then he turned out to be terrible or I just mean, weak <laughs> can't we have anything nice Jesus Christ no. no never trust a man that that's tall okay how do you grow that tall dark the dark arts <laughs> Evil magic. <laughs> and then Jennifer Coolidge and the dude playing her parents was so weird. And their house the was so weird. The voice of Mr. Krabs. Is he? From SpongeBob SquarePants, we've learned, yes. <laughs> oh, that's news to me. He's an actor. He's been on many Law & Order. Is he an actor? Could the dude who was in the movie? <laughs> Just a second. <sighs> <laughs> Where'd you get that effigy of me and why is it on fire? <laughs> Ouch, the smoke. The smoke got in her eyes and her mouth and her throat. Wow, karma's quick. Anyway, I don't know if I would recommend anybody to watch this or not. I don't know. Would you guys recommend other people to watch it? Tricky. So I do, and I've explicitly said this, I love movies that are so emotional it physically wrecks me to my core. And as a person who's admitted that, this was even a bridge too far for me. Like, it was painful. Yeah, it wasn't that emotional. But it was painful. It was, it was kind of like Get Out. It, ha- it felt similar to that in that it was like very message heavy, totally a little bit all over the place, but all kind of serving that message. Yeah. 
And like when those hash marks kept appearing on the screen, I literally thought they were just counting the plot devices that the the, the director was introducing. So sometimes heavy handedly prove her point. I mean, it did evoke the men are trash and we must destroy them emotion to me. So if that was the intention, well done. Um, but that was already a fire that was simmering and then just poured gasoline all over it. And then you've got like all these high powered, heavy hitting people in there for a minute. Connie Britton and Allison Bree. And- yeah. Oh, the fucking Dean thing. That was when it was like, cause there are questions too. It's like, you don't know how far she went when she assuages, um, assuages. I never knew how to pronounce that word. And wow, honestly, I don't fancy care. assuages. Assuage. <laughs> Her guilt and concern, Allison Bree is that potentially she was raped. It's like, is she just trying to calm her down? Cause she feels poorly about what she's done and lying to her. Or did she actually have that man just make it look like he committed a crime? And that dude and, who could have yeah, attacked Alfred, Alfred Molina, Molina yeah. was he supposed to kill him? Probably. Yeah. Like, Someone in our family said, you don't hire a guy just to, like, rough him up. You hire to kill. The yeah. soundtrack was really cool. Oh, my the references God. References back to the Robert Mitchum movie were great. Like, there are definitely reasons to watch it. I thought the soundtrack was, like, really effective. Yeah. Especially when they're playing the string version of Toxic because she's headed in to do whatever she's so going to do. At the so, yeah, that party. was when it's like, who's this aim for? And I was like, is it the gay man? Or am I just being narcissistic? <laughs> because we have Stars is Blind, an absolute classic Paris Hilton track. And Which I I've never heard like, before. Uh, that record, the production on it is just insane. Nothing in this world, Stars are Blind. Those are certified bops. Lady Gaga christened and approved. If you want to have a great time, why isn't that on RuPaul's Drag Race? Maybe it will be. <laughs> Maybe someday. But I feel like using a Paris Hilton pop song as the like rom-com soundtrack just like undercuts how silly and fluffy it is. You know, it's like one of the most saccharine overproduced pop songs. Or was so there a deeper... It didn't make it seem very authentic there. I mean, is this movie or... really well done or is it just garbage and she used a lot of tricks that like got us excited? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. I think a little sense. of both. I, I don't know. Also, is there is there a deeper meaning with Paris Hilton at 19 having her sex tape released by her sexual partner who was in his 30s and being exploited in that way is a question I have for you all (laughs) that will remain unanswered, apparently. Between I care a lot and this and Nomadland, it has just been like women on the verge. Those are the only three real movies I've watched that were not. What do you consider a fake movie? Hold on one second. <laughs> Meaning I'm like getting you a, prepared for the outside world. You need to deal with this series. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Amy Poehler said in Golden Globes. Oh, my God. Sorry. She <laughs> opened her eyes farther than I've ever seen any human. And I bored a whole what did Amy Poehler? What did Amy Poehler say? Amy Poehler said, I don't want to watch a like two-hour movie. I want to watch five. Yes. I don't want to watch five hours of a movie. I want to watch a TV series for five hours. Yes. That's so true. Oh, that's not true. I did watch the Black Pink documentary. Black Pink in your area. She's a blink, y'all. You made it seem like that documentary we were going to see young girls being like worked to death, like dancing and singing and dancing and singing. And I, I, it, none of that happened. No, but because it was produced by their record label. So they're not going to show the deep seated. If you go to the YouTube you videos, I will prepare me, a playlist. Not the record label. You said, oh my God, the dance factory, the factory that they go through oh it's just cruel i I saw nothing well that's from independent research okay i'm well studied in k-pop drama (laughs) at this juncture (laughs) so i went into it knowing that when they did those cups the darkness they're in 
Um, I'm going to say I do not recommend the Blackpink documentary if you want to learn fair. anything about Blackpink. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have several YouTube videos that you should watch instead. I, I, I did that for you. Like, oh, I'm going to surprise me. I can watch the Blackpink. <laughs> How many times are we going to see them in the car talking about nothing? Oh, good. Now they're each talking individually about nothing. Because their lives are so empty, they're not allowed to have extraneous activities that aren't label-sponsored. It's devastating. Here are four young girls from affluent families having the opportunity to become millionaires. Can you think of a, a deeper struggle? So then they're performing in Korea for like a four million people, and they're scared of going to Coachella? Well, I mean, I feel like the world has been given many reasons, particularly in this past year, to be terrified of America. So I don't think that that's necessarily. Kylie Minogue herself said, I don't feel like to make it big in America, you have to go to L.A. for like a year. And that just is something that I would rather die than do. I think all bands should make movies more like Spice World. Thank you. I don't know why Correct. that lesson didn't well catch done. on. Oh, my God. Emma with the brilliant content, for sure. Yeah. Blackpink in your area. They're adorable. They work their asses off. God love them. I love their music. Who's your favorite? Your bias, as they say in the K-pop fandom community. That's I'm guessing like, Rosé, only because they focused on her and her when she was in that studio by herself playing music. It was gorgeous. Yeah, really. Pretty. Mine's Jisoo. She's the uh, she's considered the visual in K-pop. They have one who's pretty much the pretty face, and she's the visual of the group. They are all gorgeous. And who wants to be spending. like, you are not the pretty face. <laughs> it really opens invitations for that because there has been a lot of comments directed to her. Like, you're not the prettiest. She's like, all right. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my God. Appreciate it. But she's super funny, very quick-witted, super smart, doesn't speak English and doesn't care to. And everyone's just like, speak English. And how often do you study English? She's like, no, never. <laughs> and someone like starts talking to her in English. She's like, no, no, slowly. No, okay. And then she'll speak Never. to them in Korea. And they're like, how are you going to make it? She wants to backpack around the world. And they're like, how are you going to make it without speaking English? She's like, I speak Korean. <laughs> so, I love it. So speak Korean. What a gem. So, so let's let's do some gemstones on Promising Young Woman. What vantage are we doing it from? Like, Ooh. enjoyability to watch, respect Zero. for content. Because <laughs> I'm adding in like, well done, but I didn't enjoy it. It had a bad, it made me sad, but it was supposed to, it was bleak. It did a great job of doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. I'm doing all the maths like in my algebra. head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Emma's still typing. Oh, Nick. I mean, I don't even know what he was thinking with a 93. Emma so, closer oh, with I an 85. <laughs> we'll never know. With a perfect score. I mean. <laughs> but, no, they yeah. will let the numbers speak for themselves. So we all think it's a well-made movie. Yeah. This is bleak and upsetting, super triggering. Also a great vehicle for Carrie Mulligan, who's fantastic. If you okay. haven't seen an education, watch that because she's I have not seen an education, but Netflix made me watch the dig where she's like dying the whole time. So I thought she was old. And she has like one of those soft faces that I'm sure is covered in hair. You know when you have like <laughs> soft faces. <laughs> you know, and then they have like no. little yeah. baby ears. Emma knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I thought she was old, like my age old. So then she's like, it's my 30th birthday. I'm like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, have you watched Nomadland? Not No Man's Land, Julie. Yes. No Man's Land is the area of the tennis court where you're not quite at the net, but you're not at the baseline. and You never win from that juncture. Nomadland, I have seen. And it was great. So again, I, did you see Serena's Instagram after her tooth surgery? Yes. 
she points the camera at her ass and she's like, so you're going to set me up with the Marvel movie or what? And he's like, I'm working on it. Like <laughs> I saw all week. She's all numbed out and she's like, I get to lay in bed. I never get to lay in bed during the day. Honey, you going to set me up with the Marvel movie or what? <laughs> okay. I think the weirdest thing is she filmed herself. Normally people are like, look how funny my partner's spouse, child is. And she's like, I'm going to do it myself. Oh, I thought she was so adorable though. She's so cute. Such a precious angel. Emma suggested that I watch, or someone did, that I agreed to watch Nomadland. Because <laughs> well, we're trying to ramp up for the Oscars by watching Oscar-nominated films. I'm explaining uh, to a gentle viewer. I'm hoping the other nine are also about women really stressed, struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. It's sweeping. It, it's effective. It's affecting. God damn. Everyone's so sad. No, I mean, they both felt like great vehicles for the lead actress, like Carrie Mulligan and Francis McDormand, both did stunning work, absolutely beautiful. And I don't know, I did find, it felt like The Tree of Life, which was just a screensaver for two hours, but with a little bit more depth. And it was very calming. It was looking like an old window XB moving sort of situation, but with beautiful vistas of nature. I came out of it feeling very peaceful. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I was her sister and the lady in the town. Like, I'm worried about her the whole time, right? Like, go, you don't know how to change a tire. You're going to die out there. Swifty's right, you know? What are you going to... And she just seems sad, but not in grief over her husband and not even in grief over the town. Not even in grief, just in disbelief or out of, out of herself. I don't know. It was sad in a different way. It wasn't someone going through the grieving process, I didn't think. Well, she had already... someone avoiding it. Or, yeah, I mean, I like that we got to meet so many broken people that found community on the road, but I'm not sure where she was. Like, she didn't seem to be on the same journey or have the same reasons as all the other people. So it didn't, she didn't ever tap into that joy that you thought, like, maybe she's finding these other kind of wandering misfits and going to find community and some sense of joy. But she also just didn't stick with that either. Yeah, I needed Carrie Mulligan to, like, I don't know, (laughs) live. And I needed Francis McDormand to, I don't know, smile. And maybe go live on that million-dollar farm with David Strathairn. How did those yeah. hipsters, what were they doing? Who were all those people living in that house? So the that's his real-life son, son, and he's yes. in a real-life band. But you think he lives in a house with his band and all their kids and everybody? I don't think the whole bit, but I think they were living. I think it was just the son and wife and kids, and then dad moved in, and then I think other just friends were over. Oh, I thought that like, it's a huge house. Really pretty. And they had chickens, and it was like a farm. Wasn't it like Thanksgiving? So maybe they're just it was Thanksgiving. Oh, that makes sense. Something. But God, David Strathairn is the best. Such a cute so little, little angel. <laughs> that one. And I, I loved when he broke her whatever he broke, and she screams at him. And he's like, well, "You don't, you don't have to yell at me." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, you don't." Um, don't she did. That was a valuable keepsake, and he did not. She did not ask for his help. He was imposing. Still don't have to yell at people, Nick. We can still be nice. (laughs) I liked your Into the Wild moment where she was just nude in a river. That seemed peaceful. Again, I viewed it very (laughs) officially where it's just like pretty colors, pretty landscapes, real people acting in their real lives on camera. You know? Oh my God, they were cracking me up. She's like, most people use a five-gallon bucket. I drive a Prius, so I use a three-gallon bucket. (laughs) You have bad knees, you might need a seven-gallon bucket. I'm like... Talking about pooping in our vans. Okay. Meanwhile, Emma's taking notes because she's about to go on a camp. <laughs> <laughs> and do those things. 
Phil and I considered it trip prep <laughs> watching that movie. So then at the end, you realize she just is going to keep wandering for a while, right? Like she goes back and visits her track house and gets rid of everything in storage. And, you know, I, once again, not a satisfying ending. I care a lot. Not satisfying ending at all. Promising one moment. Not satisfying. This one. Pretty ending. But like going out the back door and just keep going. That was a great shot. As long as the band holds together for a couple more weeks. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep. <laughs> so of those two, would you vote for either one of them to win Best Picture? Well, I haven't seen any of the others. I know. We're just doing these okay. two. I said of these two. Well, obviously, which one I think should win Best Picture of the other, I would say Nomadland. I agree. It's definitely got more Oscar feel to it. Yeah. And then what about Actress? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I do think Carrie, I would say Carrie Mulligan. I love Francis McDormand, and I think it was great, but I think Carrie Mulligan did more. And perhaps had a harder challenge. I feel like they don't give it to performances that have comedy and everything. I feel like they give it to Francis. No, Francis McDormand is going to win 100% hands down. No, All right. Did you watch anything else this week before we get to the main event? Well, I've alluded to it several times, but I have been deep Walking into the Walking Dead, Dead universe. And yes. so I stopped watching after the second season initially because it was like, okay, they're on a farm. It's super boring. We're in the South. I don't like any of these things. And then suddenly we get to season three and it's like, oh, my God, the show is good. When the fuck did that happen? Did everyone know? It turns out, yes. And they're in a prison and it gets super gripping. And there's a weird governor culty dude that that was sort of annoying. You just skip past those parts. And it's fun. It's a fun time. I hear it goes to shit after the sixth season. But I've been so involved in that. It reminded me of my friend who kept getting so high and watching so much Westworld that she legitimately believed that we were all in a simulation and nothing was real. And her roommate had to change her Netflix password or like HBO Max password so she couldn't watch it anymore because she was a danger to herself and others. That's how I feel like I would wake up and be like ready to go. And then I'd be at work and I was like, there's too many people. We need to thin the herd. And it's like, well, those are dangerous thoughts to have when you're <laughs> the food <laughs> and chemicals. So I've just been deeply in that universe. But I like I've legitimately watched five seasons in two weeks and I have not done predominantly. I've not done my two second skipping thing sometimes. When it's late at night and my eyes are tired, I will skip to just reading the full-length synopsis from the uh, the wikia of Walking Dead just to get a picture. Or sometimes if I know something bad's about to happen because something bad always happens, I'll read ahead and just know what I'm in for. I watched part of the first season. It was a little gory. Does it continue to be gory? It's so gory. That's the mm. horrifying thing about America. I mean, Game of Thrones is no longer like sickening to me, so maybe I can handle it now because I tried to watch it. It is a lot. Yeah. Especially if you watch a hundred episodes in fourteen days, <laughs> it is exhausting. Why but, do you know that my molecular makeup has been changed from watching yeah. all the Game of Thrones? Although, whenever it gets into like philosophical exposition, I'm like, okay, next. I'm not into this. And whenever they're like, let's create an allegorical metaphor for this moment, I was like, okay, whenever. When's the action happening? So again, my attention span and my willingness to listen to people talk about anything—that's not a highly edited musically scored action sequence is zero. Well, I think I told you that when I first watched Game of Thrones, I'm like, how could they kill that horse? Or how could they push that boy from the tree? And by the end, I'm like, why did they kill him off screen? I want to watch him die. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like I've got enough of that. Maybe I don't need The Walking Dead in there too. Or like, now eat his face. 
No, <laughs> honestly, the animal deaths are always the hardest. Whenever there's an animal that dies, it's just like, that's devastating. When the, spoiler alert, a pig dies, and it's probably the most devastating thing. It's the second most devastating death of the series, in my opinion. What is the most devastating death of Game of Thrones and of all time? Oh, I mean, what a In question. a movie, not in real life. I mean, Ned Stark was so out of left field when you first start watching, but yeah. I'm guessing the Red Wedding, right? Still might be Ned Stark. I mean, that's what made me stop watching for the first time around. I was like, oh, God, I was getting, yeah. I can't. That was painful. For me, it was the gay king when he died from that phantom black pregnancy monster. Really? Yeah. I know that you got no Look at my brand. Renly Baratheon, we barely cared about him. I cared a, a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> this might be something to ponder. But there is a death in the Terminator, the second one. Uh, Joe Morton. But he's trying to hold on to this detonator so that he can't he won't blow everything up until they leave. And he's his last little breath, he's like <gasps> And then when he dies, his hands open and the detonator goes off. Oh, it's a good one. Most devastating for me all time would be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> when Tara died. That was absolutely devastating. I have not watched the show yet, but thank you for that spoiler. You Well, I don't think you ever will because we've been clamoring for it for the past four weeks. And I get that you watch Blackpink, but I think just because it was shorter. Just died. I mean, Jack and Titanic is still infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> well you know when she like pulls his hand off of the, the thing for some reason i thought his hand broke off at the wrist so i i was like Woo! and then when it was just that he was dying i was okay with it because he had his hand with him god how many times did you did you stand in the theaters uh -huh. you young? oh no i saw it twice in the theaters oh i saw it like 13 times <laughs> i loved titanic it was so an event <laughs> Did you guys see the Baz Luhrmann, um, Romeo and Juliet? Oh, but I will say Moulin Rouge, perhaps this is the most Oh, yes. Thing. When Nicole Kidman dies, that sparked my mental illness. <laughs> I had my first panic attack after watching that movie when I was nine years old because I thought I had tuberculosis. And that movie gave me OCD is what happened, truly. But devastating, truly devastating. I can't really hear you. All I can see is you and McGregor singing to me. I <laughs> <laughs> when I used to do dishes to the soundtrack. Oh, it's the best. Anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Claire Danes has the best, like, crying face. And then when Leo thinks he's, oh, God, that's a good one. Oh, that was getting. That's a really good one. What a great topic for a sad, sad week. Oh, man. <laughs> Luckily, the sun's shining outside. <laughs> All right, I do have a couple of podcast recommendations I'm just going to throw out to you. Yeah. There's a new one called the Lost Hills Podcast. It's just about these Malibu murders, which I'm sure you heard about. Nope, me either. But <laughs> there's a snipe, there's people sleeping in like a campsite and it's a guy and his brother, but they have their own families and they're in their own tents. And the one wakes up in the morning and the nieces are like, help us, come help us. These little girls are like, it's wet, it's wet. And their dad has been shot through the head and there's blood everywhere. And so it's a sniper from the hills, and he's done this a lot. But because yes. it's Malibu, they don't talk about it. So it's called Lost Hills. So if you like true crime, because who doesn't during a pandemic? <laughs> the Lost Hills podcast has only dropped two episodes, but very, feels very serial the first year, you know, where you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. She's a real reporter. This seems really cool. Fun. 
And then there's another one called You're Wrong About, which, you know, I who love wouldn't want to do that show. <laughs> they did Dr. Oz this week, and I hate him with a passion that will not die. So it was awesome. <laughs> so if you want to find out that Dr. Oz is not only just annoying, he's a piece of total crap. <laughs> Highly that. recommend this week's episode of You're Wrong About with Dr. Oz. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's absolute shit. Like, wasn't it proven that like 52% of all the things that he said on air are factually incorrect? Of the things that he promotes, 46% yeah. of them have no proof of concept Her. of any kind. Jesus. That's insane. So, and then they go over his testimony before Congress. And then he has this guy on the show to talk about the green bean enzyme or whatever, green coffee bean that makes you lose weight and all this stuff. Turns out the guy is not a doctor. He is a marketer for the green coffee bean company. Yikes. I mean, it's, it's insidious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... <laughs> We, we don't usually say anything about anything, but all the, I'm just saying like all the horrible things that have been happening with the murders in Atlanta and it's just fucking terrible. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, again, it's important to be an advocate for people who are in grave danger because of societal racism, bias, discrimination, and otherwise. And right now the black community and the Asian American community are most poignantly affected by that. And it's our responsibility to shut down those who harbor hate towards those groups and uplift them as much as we can in a personal lives without co-opting their stories. Well said. And Which is why we should watch Minari. <laughs> we are watching Minari. Okay, thank God. Amazing. But really, that guy, the cop who was like, he's had a really hard... He was just at the end of his rope. What the absolute life. fuck? How could oh, you like, let this words a bad day? He had a fucking bad day? Bitch, we've all had a bad day for 365 years. You know, had a worse day? The eight people who were fucking killed. Between having a bad day, low blood sugar. I mean, it's just a lot. Well, this is where the Max Greenfield hugging him after he killed someone, like, it is real life. Like, that is an, a reaction that people have when they see someone who looks like them who did something bad to someone who doesn't. Terrible. But besides my octopus teacher, Crip Camp is nominated, and that's great. I've seen it on Netflix. It's about this camp in the 70s where they invited kids with disabilities to just like rock out and be hippies. And then these are the people who ended up creating the American with Disabilities Act. They sat in on the steps mm-hmm. and like people crawled up the steps. You couldn't walk. It's, it will knock you out. Mm-hmm. It's great. Also is the mole agent, which is a private investigator in Chile, hires someone to work as a mole at a retirement home where a client of his suspects the caretakers of elder abuse. I saw that movie. It's called I Care A Lot. <laughs> Did you ever watch the mole in the, uh, Early 2000s? Yes, Kathy Griffin was the mole for a season. She absolutely was, yeah. I thought there was going to be more likes to that story. Back when I thought Anderson Cooper was still straight and I might have a chance. Aw, sweetie. He still needs a mother for his child. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He needs a grandmother for his child. Not that I'm not saying that you're old, but his mom died. And so you could take that space. Grandmothers can be any age. I don't know that I could replace Gloria Vanderbilt. No, I mean, not... (laughs) financially <laughs> but emotionally oh sexually. did you watch that documentary about her from that he made no oh it's very sad well once again we look to men and wags to save us from this week of sadness mm-hmm. you ready to go to the tapes take it to the runway runway cover girl put your face in the walk head this to toe let your whole body talk well like that one better should we start with uk even though it's the end ah uh, Maybe we should say UK for last this time. You want to? Let's go for US. We're in. Okay. Uh, we're halfway through the season. 
<laughs> not even started. We have not yet decided. This is this is the prequel. <laughs> we are in the um, meet the queen still. What? Okay, like literally, what if they crown a winner and it's like, great, you're the thirteenth contestant on season fourteen, and you have to do it again. It's never ever going to never end. ending. So last week we had uh, Olivia and Denali in the bottom. Olivia went home, or not Olivia, Denali went home. <laughs> so then the the mini challenge for this week was, are you smarter than the um, pit crew? Which is not nice to the pit crew. That redheaded guy is like an aerospace technician or something. Engineer. That's what I said, aerospace engineer. <laughs> a technician is someone who just works on arrows in space. Okay. Either way. He's Either way, than you got to be <laughs> This guy. What's his name? Bryce. Bryce. He's looking skinny, too. still allowed? <laughs> I just know it, honestly. Do you want to come on my show, wear underwear, and let us, like, gawk at you? Okay. So Candy ends up winning, which is shocking, because earlier she, she doesn't know math. can't know the difference between 25000 and 2500 This is still a good, fun mini challenge. At least it had something to do with something. I wish there were deeper cuts, though, into RuPaul's Drag Race fandom. I think that would have been more fun. The fact that Utica still didn't know Bam was wild. You know what? I also got confused and was thinking about Emerald Agassi for a minute. I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> so then they find out they're going to have to make a commercial, make a pop can, make a jingle, direct it, get 30 minutes to shoot it. It's a lot. Yeah. I love these challenges, though. Crystal did phenomenally last time. But storyboarding, them just having ridiculous ideas... It always presents the opportunity for someone to be like the editor as Monique Hart did the entire time of her season, where she's like, cut, close up, focus, zoom, lens flare. Action. Got mixed idea sounds crazy. I don't know why she just couldn't put it in order. And then you just afterwards say, I'm going to film five, then six, then two, then one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is one of those moments like we were all rooting for her. Where you're like, why yeah. can't you just repeat back what Ross has said to you? But I will say the final product was not that bad. It wasn't no. good, but it was not that bad. I thought she stayed in character. I thought it was cute. Yeah. And it's something. Yeah, well, this is, this is where the goalpost consistently moves and the judges don't know what they want. I mean, this is whose line is it, is it anyway rules. Like the opinions don't matter and the judgments change within a mere second. Oh, seconds. They're like, Tina, you can't just give us the same thing each time you have to like grow and change and then they're like oh we just love that you know who you are simone you're just always you you're like, yeah you. and olivia you need to work on your branding we don't know who you are you need consistency tina you're too consistent yeah it's a problem rose's commercial wearing the jan um robe very funny no direction <laughs> well ross appreciated that yeah it was a solid i mean i did something about the two cackling Carson and Ross being like, and then you should fart and then you should do this was a little rock'em soccer for me and I did not enjoy that aspect but Rosé was hilarious I'm not quite to Emma level where no. she absolutely adores her endlessly but I do think she went well <laughs> Emma were you in it? I still like it. it yeah my feelings haven't uh, diminished I don't know that they're like lover endlessly to the end of the world <laughs> I don't think I want her to win over Simone but yeah, I feel warmly towards her, especially next to like Candy Muse and Gottmik, who I'm just like not feeling warmly towards. You know, she's really still got enough of the underdog thing, I think, to keep me hooked. Did you notice her peen looked weird in her bikini? Rose? Oh, surprisingly, no. Oh, there was a little. When she takes off this robe, she's wearing a pink. Oh, oh and she didn't talk. She yeah. tucked... And the name was phenomenal as well. Rose Aid. 
you know, RuPaul loves a good pun, play on words. She's clearly very good at being hungover. So, well done. She tucked wrong on purpose because she's so drunk. Maybe. Perhaps. There it is. I'll have to find a picture of it. (laughs) When Olivia was running across the stage, supposed to be looking for something, she just looked like a Muppet, like traveling. (laughs) (laughs) She's adorable. I don't know if I buy this anymore, though. This nonstop smiling. I'm just super positive. Yeah, I mean, it does start to feel a little disingenuous. Yeah, and that's the thing. And everyone was coming for Utica for being backhanded and duplicitous. And I feel like Utica's was far more earnest than Olivia's coming up now. Again, I loved Olivia, and then she won two challenges. I was like, this bitch. She needs to calm down. So I don't know who I am. But one person that consistently does well and I consistently love is Simone, who killed. Slayed. Is your blood sugar low? This was just fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was great. So easy to direct. And then she said, like, when they said deadpan and she didn't know what that meant, she said, is this what you mean? And they're like, no, this. You're like, way yeah. to communicate. Whereas other people are like, okay, okay, I got it. You're like, you're not doing it. It feels very much a little bit like Alyssa Edwards in that everything she says is funny, but everything she says is funny because she intends it to be funny. It's not that she's just ridiculous and that's who she is. It's that this is part of who I am, but I know how to finesse it. She does. So now we get to poor Utica. Ross is making the face that I was also making. Like, what is happening? It's Florence and the machines sucking off a cow. Like, I don't know. Her humor, I just don't think is okay. I don't think she's okay. (laughs) And I do appreciate and love Utica, but between the Bob Ross thing and this, it's just very like surreal Dada-ist nonsense. And I just like... Maybe I'm not sophisticated enough to get this humor, but how sophisticated is suckling on a teat? And she made it so gross. It was, I know. And like, yeah, RuPaul wants it to be sexy. Like, he likes sex humor, but not overt sex humor. He wants it to be like, hey, fuck me, the barge. Like the basic, oh, is he feeding the soda to the cow? Like, the basic concept is the soda made of cow milk. And what does the soda taste like? Like, what is it doing for you? None of those yeah. things came across. No, she was just yeah, like, this will be crazy, this will be crazy, this will be crazy. She suckles it, and then she licks the can, and then she becomes in a good mood. It's, a, it's an exhausting process. Yeah. <laughs> Candy, I did... I, I Even when she says, is the bus still running? And Carson and Ross are cracking up, I'm like... Oh. I didn't laugh at all. I know. But that could be a personal problem. That yeah. I, have. I mean, I do not like candy but I, this commercial was good in my opinion i thought it was fun i thought it was enjoyable and that's kind of the point it had a clear message too it's drugs <laughs> so, it is. so did you feel like gotmic was going for paris Hilton again a little bit yeah very clearly i mean she did the same affectation with the voice there was just no vision it's like okay i kind of get it you are still doing the same ridiculous things where you have this inflated sense of self and confidence that suddenly you feel like you're being gorgeous even though you're still doing the exact same things. How is that going to read on camera, though, when you have 30 seconds to explain it? Well, I think if you call it delusion... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, some, you know, got mixed, mix, mix, six, six, mix, mix, mix joke doesn't really... Didn't explain it. Yeah, I mean, if it turned this, like, sort of frumpy, dowdy person into this whore, this sexy whore, that would have made more sense for Got Mix, Got Sex, Sex Juice. You just like saying that. I do. 
I do appreciate whatever Tina Burner's on the screen. You can see my face lights up red. <laughs> so now we're in the RuPaul social work corner <laughs> where Tina is annoyed because Rose calls herself a comedy queen. And Rose definitely thinks she's funnier than Tina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tougher. It is tough for comedy queens to do well in RuPaul's Drag Race because comedy is such a confidence thing. If you're not feeling confident, you're not going to be that funny. And it's not something where it's like, I'm a great dancer. That skill doesn't necessarily go away. But if you're not feeling great about yourself, being humorous can be quite challenging, especially if you don't have self-deprecating humor. Um, so I feel like that's where Tina is. And she's wanted this for, how old is she? 85 years. And she finally got on. And suddenly it's just like, the pressure's on. And then you have RuPaul being like, you did really well, but you haven't won yet. Who's your inner saboteur? Is it because you're <laughs> shitty? Do you feel like shit? You should? Should you? Where's the confidence, babe? Plus, they're doing like a challenge every two days. We pretend like it's a week, but it yeah. isn't. So it's got to be exhausting. You're just getting beaten down. So we're headed to the runway where RuPaul looks amazing. The boobs are weird, but her hair, her makeup. So and spread them on her. Yeah. They're high and out. They're like the <laughs> uh, queen, the chest bitch's eyes from the queen's gambit. I mean, you want them up and separate, that's for sure. But these are a little... That's not how I want them. So here comes Utica in her Maleficent beast outfit. I thought she looked pretty stunning. Yeah, I thought she looked cool. And it's like, okay, so if we take anything the judges have said as any sort of framework for what they think and feel, <laughs> she's switching up the silhouette and she's switching up the look. And this is a beast which she very much could have gone campy and costumey, which remember Bendela Grandma was like, this is too campy, this is too costuming. And it's like, okay, well, it's drag. But now they're like, well, Ellie Diamond looks phenomenal as a fucking literal bird. Yeah, it just felt sleek and it felt fashion. It's like beast but make it fashion. That should be their thing. But they're like, mm, it was very boring for me. It's like, what do you even think or feel? Would you rather have the monster for Monsters, Inc.? Hi, Mikey. What the fuck was Candy Muse thinking and moreover, what were the judges thinking, praising or giving any credence to this look at all? It was an Michelle absolute... Michelle Massage did not... Well, yeah, sometimes she does well. Sometimes she's okay. It was green, so we knew. <laughs> her patches on her boobs and her oh, merkin. So... <laughs> she's like, I have the same look as the like alien. It. And I don't know, Utica had the same look as her earrings. And I was like, oh, you stupid bitch. And this was like, oh, clever creative. Tina Burner as a bear animal sewn together. It felt like Build-A-Bear Workshop in, like, hell. And I think the outfit and the concept was great. Her makeup was absolute trash. I honestly start sweating the minute I see this outfit. She's <laughs> so hot. <laughs> but I thought it looked good. Yeah, I'm just and saying. it's very different for Tina. It's like, how often do we hear a switch of the silhouette? Change things up a bit, but keep it your brand. Tina's doing all those things. Yes, she continues to have terrible makeup and a terrible wig. Yeah, job. it's like whenever people are like, I'm trying to listen and I just digest what the judges are saying and implement it next week. They don't remember next week. RuPaul is on some sort of hallucinogen this entire season. His memory's yeah. shot to shit. So like, don't listen to the judges. Be, be yourself and be funny. So Simone comes out in what I guess is a real furry costume, but I think she looks fucking amazing. Are you a furry now? I could be. There you go. <laughs> I'm into it for you. Yeah, and this was just literally a furry costume. So I was is sort it? of like... Is that I what mean, they wear? it very much looks like it is, yeah. She's also going to be hot as hell. But I love these legs. It yeah. reminds me of um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. 
go, Simone. Little booty shorts, my love. She can really do no wrong at this moment. I must say, this look was just okay to me. Jam has a similar look to it. No, I'm talking about Simone. Oh, please leave the podcast. I'm so sorry. It was not my favorite. It felt very much just like, I'm a furry. How is that beast? I get it. She's like the uh, Space Jam Lola, but I don't know. I didn't love it. Here comes Scott Mick. And- yeah. So are her tits the nose? Like, does she have alligator slits for a nose? And that's what that is. Hmm. Yeah, it was okay. I like her googly eyes. I mean, I think she does it ever bad. The same with Simone. That wasn't bad. It just was not my favorite. I know. But I, I have such warmth in my heart for Simone. Oh, well, absolutely. She's the winner of Miss Congeniality and the show. I don't know. Here comes Olivia Lux, looking like the other monster from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this a- compared to Simone? I feel like this one's more drag and whimsical and fun. It's less literal. I don't know. I, But I don't necessarily like it better. So who the fuck do I know? No one. What about Rosé as I, the Red Devil? She looked like Pan from Midsummer's <laughs> Night's Dream. Um, just like that little centaur, whimsical, little mischief bitch. She looked great. Loved it. Yeah, the makeup perfectly matching. Of course it's amazing. <laughs> What'd you say, Emma? I said loved it. <laughs> she did great. She yes. nailed it. And then they show the judges their commercials, which are basically the same, but a little bit different with like backgrounds. And Is your blood sugar low? Is that why you used an ethnic slur? That was Simone's commercial. <laughs> it's not all my favorite things. Sugar, glucose, corn syrup, <laughs> So funny. You get a gold tooth. You're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, she was perfect. Like, I mean, execution, humor. And he remembered the jingle. Olivia, the purse didn't make any sense. I know she's trying yeah. to brand herself with a little purse. Well, yeah, that's her brand. I know that she's trying to listen to the judges, but the judges, who the fuck knows? I don't think having a little purse is a brand. No. It's Lizzo's brand. I mean, I know Bob has walked to the club purse first, but yeah, that was like a joke and it was obvious. And this is just kind of this weird thing she keeps doing. So Simone wins. And then Summer rides. Rose wins too. <laughs> what did you guys think of the lip sync? So I did not think that that was the bottom two. I think it was Gottmik and Olivia. I think Tina was a very firm safe. I think the runway matters at all. That should have pushed Candy into the bottom. And I think Utica's was legitimately bad, and she could be an argument for the bottom. But the bottom should have been between Utica, Gottmik, Olivia, and Candy. I don't think Tina Burner belonged in the bottom. And I'm not a Tina Burner fan. No one is. I know. Agreed. And I have to say, I thought she turned out to listening. I thought she was so fun to watch and... Doing lots of fun dance moves. Yes, Utica was more intense, but Tina Burner is what you want to see, right? When you go out, she's being silly. She did that slide into home. She did lots of nineties dance jams. Yeah. If they didn't waste that double save on Candy and Simone, saving Candy, I feel like this could have been one. I am. I, I mean, I said it last week. I'm ready for Tina to go home, but I'm never going to go home too. Well, she probably will next. So next week, they're going to do a roast of the Miss Congenialities, Valentina. Um, Nina West. Thank you. And uh, Heidi in Closet. Fine. <laughs> she looks so good, by the way. <laughs> and somebody is going to do terribly. I think it's Utica. The preview made it look like Utica was awful, but you know how they do with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my God, she's going to bomb. And the next week, they're like, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> but Utica also has done awful at every comedy challenge so far, so... <laughs> Not in her opinion. (laughs) 
Amazing. <laughs> Shall we head to the chat and give this episode some gems? Let me know when you're ready. I'm feeling pretty good about my score. <laughs> I feel medium about mine. Oh, Emma, just harshing, harshing the buzz of an 88. <laughs> Nick, a little nicer with a 90. Julie, it's a perfect 91. <laughs> Well I'm like, will I watch it again? I will. To see their little commercials. And it's just to see Simone be like, your blood sugar low. Hilarious. I will yeah. definitely watch it again. It's getting exciting. It is. We're so Might close actually to have some momentum now. <laughs> I know. We only have eight more months. Well, let's head across the pond. <laughs> to our final episode of UK started a week earlier let's just say that so last week it was a double save <laughs> Pace and Ellie Diamond so we got our final four so these guys were all in the Bing Bang Bong group except Ellie right yeah they were in the winning group who's the fourth Ahura 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 thank you it's the fashion queen Ahura fashionista lover I only know one word for fashion. RuPaul comes in wearing an ascot, looking like, I don't know, Hugh Hefner. What is this outfit? <laughs> I would absolutely wear that outfit. Was, I love a floral. Okay? It's because I'm like that. So you have to make the most fantastic performance of your life. It's my song, A Little Bit of Love. Lauren Shane says to write the lyrics again, and it's hard. I mean, they were talking about this in First First Impressions with Thorgy Thorge, which I love that fucking duo, uh, Bob and Thorgy Thorge. But... It is I interesting. That episode was very long and disjointed. Okay. So Ellie is considered like the baby because she's 21. Lawrence is only 23. Like she's still an immature child at times. For sure. And as a person who was very tall, very young, people expect you to be more mature just because you're bigger. Is that true? Well, maybe not. Ellie Diamond's only 21 and nobody cares that she's 6'4. Anyway, moving on. Bad okay. point. So I love they invite them to the Tic Tac lunch and they're like, Taste, do you want something? He's like, I mean, I had a big gobble bear about five minutes. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then we learn that Jason Saddles in Wham! Which is just ridiculous. He's very attractive. Let's see what Then we learn about the Ellie Diamond 8 count. Yeah, she owns, yeah, 100%. Brings RuPaul to Cackles. Because <laughs> he's just like, This bitch. The like, most popular drag queen move ever. <laughs> It's all known all over Scotland as the Ellie Diamond 8. Oh, is it? So Lawrence is nervous, blah, blah, blah. Bimini has a sad story about his best friend. When he lost her, she decided to live her life for her and really turn it out. What did they say to everybody? Hey, could you look as weird as possible in this <laughs> rehearsal? Taste, please go get a shaggy wig. What does that any sense. <laughs> Lawrence, please put your hand, hair in a man bun on top of your head. Bimini, Kermit the Frog in real life, and Ellie, just the bro down the street, I guess. It's a very strange look. It is Jerry Curl, Troll Doll, <laughs> Tiny Doll, and then Kangles. Beast. Beast. So Lawrence has a moment of insecurity on the runway. Everywhere. And I like this choreography. On the runway, at craft services, everywhere. I like this choreographer. He's like, what do you do well? Like, let's highlight what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know anything. And then Ellie, repaying back the hatred, you know, that Lawrence has shown him, is like, yes, you do. 
Yes, you do. do I can't be a beer cycle on its chain. And then it so works. Yeah. That was cute. So we're on the runway. Here comes RuPaul. This wig is insane. Not like. Do you not like Ronald McDonald? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Right. I did think this dress was pretty, though. The seventies are back. So we get really? a. <laughs> Get a pillow for the girl because I hate on me, Jenna Benda, system offender. She looks like she did in the first couple of weeks in this. Yeah. Look, a wet wig. She looks gorgeous. There they all are. Look at what? Ellie Diamond and Bimini. She looks like she's about to stab him. <laughs> Taste fucking slays this thing. Yeah, I think he's the only one who actually did that well, honestly. The rest right. of the verses so, just felt flashed. Going into this, we I think we all agreed that Bimini was our top choice to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm rooting for her and Antes. Every time they came out, I'm like, come on, come on, you can do it. And they, yeah. I don't think they did. No. no. Well, <laughs> Ellie was like a consolation prize. They're like, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not winning. No, but you got to perform. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, I mean, after Bing Bang Bong, this whole thing just felt messy. Well, everybody just put too many lyrics in there. You yeah. couldn't understand anything. But Tace, I could mostly understand, and she looked amazing, and she was dancing on the beat and, like, fully selling it. Look at him in the back with the smolder. <laughs> so at the end of... Oh, so at the end... <laughs> here come all the other queens. Here comes Tia Coffee, continuing her reign of looking awful. <laughs> Veronica wearing her own silhouette of choice. Look at Ginny in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Ahura. That looks uncomfortable. Cherry Valentine's so excited to be there. Sister doesn't even look like her. So Jeannie and Joe Black in the back, on definitely on purpose. <laughs> oh my God, they do a terrible job with the choreography. So we definitely have the right top four. Yeah. So can we talk about? Tia? Did you guys ever watch Lilo and Stitch? Yes, of course. <laughs> so you know Pleakley, the character that is always gender bending, like you don't know, like masculine voice, but wears very feminine clothing typically the green one it's tea coffee <laughs> there's a picture of tea coffee. and the frame i can see the <laughs> tall and skinny okay that's all well at the end of the performance i thought taste might win you know because she was the one i thought he threw it the hardest i thought lawrence was great bimini did not seem there you know mm-hmm. and ellie we all know it's not going to be ellie so at the end of the lip sync, I was like, maybe it is going to be taste. She is a fierce-ass performer. If she had him in the bottom four times, I think she could have won. Or if her runway was better. Well, so then we get to the runway, where Bimini looks amazing. I don't give a fuck about her vajazzle not being bedazzled. Yeah. No. Everything else was there. Her makeup is amazing. She looks That's amazing. Cool. She's Billy and Idol, so White Wedding. <laughs> it makes me want to wear a highlighter. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, can we just, like, when we first go out to the clubs together, because, Julie, I need this, can we just dress ridiculously in the most god-awful makeup ever and just have a fucking blast? I tried to buy that elf Chipotle makeup from Trixie and Kimchi, and it was sold out. So I'll buy buy you whatever. Sold out. Oh, my God. Let's all get filler. (laughs) I want some of my job. It is weird the more and more and more you look at people who have had filler and Botoxy foreheads that you're like, shit, do I need to do that? <laughs> so what did you think of Ellie Diamond's pink wedding topper? I thought she looked like Miss Havisham from um, Great Expectations, right? Oh, 
Mm. This woman who is mourning the death of she's basically Frances McDormand in Nomadland, where she's mourning <laughs> the death of her husband, and she lives all around decayed wedding cakes and shit. She looks like that. <laughs> well, she looks like an amazing doll from a distance. Her makeup mm-hmm. is right crazy. Yeah. Lawrence's outfit. Ugh. This would be a great week one finale. No. So they're all coming out, right? And then you're like, you look okay. And then Tace, I, before she came out, I'm like, come on, Tace, bring it. She I think she ran out of clothes because this is not good. Mm-mm. This is, so this is if Utica was being chased by an actual beast, let's say Candy Muse, if she was wearing an appropriate ensemble and half of her dress ripped off. <sighs> so I, I think know. Tace won the performance and then I think Bimini wins the runway. 100%. And I think Lawrence won the lip sync. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when Lawrence did win, oh, hold on. Let's get through the, what advice did you have for Sarah? Uh, <laughs> I thought we avoided this. <laughs> I hate this so much. I know. Um, look at little baby Ellie Diamond. Oh, and then they're so mean. <laughs> and they all howl. <laughs> Somebody go in the back. The other women, the other girls are, oh, God. <laughs> Why do you hate tea coffee? Orgy? I don't hate her, but that is a thirsty wig. You know you're coming back for the finale. She's obviously had a couple weeks to figure out what she's going to wear. And yet. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Levin is amazing. Her fish shoes, these glasses. The lipstick on her fucking tooth. So Cherry Valentine started her teeth journey this week, she wrote on Twitter. And they made fun of her on the show. She's like, I've been made fun of my entire life. And I'm very nervous and excited to get my teeth journey started. You're like, God, everybody, fuck off. Seriously. What's wrong with her teeth? Just because half of them grew up and half of them didn't, it doesn't matter. I don't know why everybody has to have perfect chiclet terrifying teeth. I don't enjoy it. Oh, my God. When Hillary Duff got those for her second album, I was terrified. When Christian Bale got them for American Psycho, I was like, oh, my God, I loved your giant eye teeth that stuck out. He had cute teeth and now they're just like terrifying. I mean, individual parts will always, I mean, do what you want to do. But there's something about like authentic quirks that are cute. You know? Yeah, like, that's what I'm banking on, at least. And what else? What was Veronica thinking? I'm going to be on season three, so I don't want to waste the outfit. <laughs> Honestly, right? Ginny Lemon looks like a motherfucking disaster. I, I love, love her. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence brought the energy to the finale for sure. You're like, yeah, get it. It is super shitty that they forced her off of Instagram. And it's like, it is just ultimately a TV show. We all have a lot of opinions. We created an entire podcast to house Lawrence them all. Lawrence has been forced off of Instagram? Yeah, when she had just... that shitty thing when she wouldn't let go of Ellie Diamond, oh. which she should have let go of it. But again, like Julie said last week, if I was on that show, I'd be like, Ellie Diamond, I'm going to burn your house to the ground. Oh, right. You don't have one. Well, and in the words of Trixie Mattel, just stop looking at your fucking shit. If you have a bad week or you did something that people don't like, don't look at it. Oh. Get off of social media. Meaning, just don't look at it. You don't have to deactivate your account. Yeah. Just deactivate yourself. I feel like it can be hard if especially you're hella depressed and you're just like, I'm going to wallow even deeper. You're like, I hate me. Let's see what other people hate about me. Well, I'm happy for Lawrence. No, I'm, like, I'm so sad that UK is over. God, I know. I know. It went really fast and I liked it a lot. <laughs> I'm hoping Australia brings that same sort of, sort of power and fire and energy. and Yeah. Just like last year, you know. The Vivian won, but I was sort of rooting for Baga, but I was happy for the Vivian and um, Davina DeCampo. She's Bring it. In the house. It could have been Cheryl. could have been Blue Hydrangea. I loved them so much. Yeah. yeah. Same thing here. Like That is anyway. the thing. For whatever reason, there's not one UK queen that I do not like. Sister, sister? I don't mind her. God love them all. And they're all so 
sweet in defeat, right? I don't know if you've been looking at Tase's Tase and Bimini, but their stuff has been amazing. Everything yeah. on Instagram or on you know, Bimini's just so excited. About so fucking yeah, fun. She's like, oh my God, I've, got <laughs> I've got so many followers and I'm gonna do a photo shoot tomorrow. <laughs> so exciting. So. They are so cute. Let's go to the gemstone. Okay, this is the season finale. Will I watch it again? Of course. <sighs> Let me know when you're ready. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, just a little high on Nick with 96 and Emma with 95. Julie with a perfect score of 94. <laughs> I would so have close. to say that Emma's is the perfect score because it's an average of you and me. It's like, you yeah. know, it's like a foreign language. Not everybody can read it, but I can read the scores. So it's like yeah. a skill. <laughs> like languages, it's not mathematical, you know. Right. It's interpretive. There's like 21 words for snow. <laughs> anyway, know. one score for right. Um, Emma, are we playing a game this week? I've got some Would You Rathers pulled up if you guys want to do a, little, a couple of those. I did choose this list of Would You Rather questions because it said they were deep and hard, and I thought Nick would like that. Hey! <laughs> it's been a year, but it won't be two years. I pity whoever he is. I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> do that next thing. I know. But yes, Go by May... By May, Nick's gonna get laid. <laughs> All right. Um, first one. Would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Give up social media. Yes. Give up social media. I'm trying already. Do it. Would you rather be the person who flips the switch during executions or be the judge who decides who should be executed? Judge. Judge, yeah. Because then I can just promise a young woman it and kill the rapist. Did you guys ever go through the book of questions? No. Oh, What's that? One of them is like, it's just stupid. But like a scenario is you're in a room and your closest loved one is in another room. You each have buttons. And if you press your button, the other person dies. If they press their button, you die. If neither one of you press the button in 10 minutes, you both die. So what do you do? Can you speak to the person... On the other side of the wall. No. no. She can't be like, push the button. Push the button. No. Push the button. <laughs> push the button. Ugh. I'd be like, sorry, back. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. This is a good one for a quarantine year. Would you rather lose all of the money you've earned this year or lose all of the memories you've gained this year? Both. <laughs> How do you lose zero dollars? <laughs> You can take my eight shekels and all my memories. <laughs> Would you rather have no taste or be colorblind? Colorblind. Yeah, colorblind for sure. Food is important. Food is important. I feel like we're coming to consensus on that. I do think it the most terrifying thing for COVID, it was like, it can cause erectile dysfunction. It can make your heart explode. And I was just like, I must taste. I did not hear about a heart exploding or erectile dysfunction. Both, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually when Emma and I both give you dog ear, like, <laughs> which turns out we're wrong, but I did not hear that. No, not heart exploding, but heart issues. Same thing. Right? <laughs> like, a heart explosion is a very extreme heart issue. <laughs> All right. Uh, would you rather fight a chicken to the death every time you get into a car or fight, <laughs> or fight an orangutan to the death once a year, but you get a sword? Okay, so 
An orangutan ripped a lady's face off. It was a chimpanzee, but same family. Also, you're choking your chicken in the back of a car? Emma. Emma. Only Didn't that happen to you, you in an Uber? You get in the back of the car more than it, most people. I wasn't choking my own chicken. <laughs> I don't want to kill anything, but I would definitely kill a chicken over an orangutan. I'd kill a chicken. A Every time you get in the car. To the death. I'll just let the chicken peck me to death really fast. <laughs> and just be done with it. Would you rather find a dead body or be witness to a deadly assault? Find a dead body. Dead body. Yeah. That would not bother me. Yeah. I mean, either way, you end up having to look at a dead body, I think. Yeah. Watching someone be killed. Yeah. Not pleasant. Would you rather be four years old your entire life or be 90 years old your entire life? Four. <laughs> life is amazing. Filled with surprises. <laughs> well, not if you're four forever. Maybe. <laughs> uh, the other alternative is 90 forever. I feel like that just sounds achy. <laughs> Would you rather always have tangled hair or always have wet underarms? Oh, tangled, tangled hair. hair. <laughs> Wear a hat. Underarms. Wet underarms. Jesus Christ. That's not Oh, honestly, I just have visible reaction. I'm so scared. Emma, why are you doing this to us? I don't know. Sometimes it's fun. <laughs> Would you rather get a pimple the night before important dates or get sick every time after an important date is over? Oh, pimple. Yeah. I've got like it, an entire... Yeah, I literally have an entire Grand Canyon on one side of my face. I think that's the side of my face I sleep on. You need to get one of those silk pillows. I Okay, so want to hear my newest purchase? I bought yeah. an orthopedic pillow for my feet to keep them elevated because I am, what, 90 forever. What's an orthopedic foot pillow look like? It uh, just lifts your legs up. So, so it has it's like just a, a pillow? Okay, Julie, it has grips on the bottom and it has memory foam and it has a cooling wicking fabric so you don't get overheated. And it's like a very firm pillow that keeps your legs like elevated, like real high elevated. Real high elevated. Yeah, it helps with your uh, lymphatic system and return blood. Like, I... Why don't you use Emma's leg shaker thing that she never uses? How do you know I never use it? <laughs> Emma, when was the last time you used the thing? Years ago. Yes. <laughs> Would you rather have a pause button in your life or a rewind button? Oh, pause. Because you can pause for however long you need. I could read every single book or more likely watch every single show. I'm going to go with rewind, which was also on The Misfits, which you guys still haven't watched. I don't know. Okay, every single time you say that, I have watched it. You have not? I have, yes. (laughs) Every single time you say that, I have watched it. Tell me all about it. Okay, so it's these group of, like, young convict-type people who are working on this, like, volunteer thing. They're all in their jumpsuits, and some weird electrical attack gives them all powers. Yeah, I have fucking one. Why don't you believe me ever? Because I feel like I bring it up all the time, and you guys are like, nope, I haven't seen it. Every single time I say I've watched it. <laughs> no Emma also didn't hear you. She was like, no, It's not fair. <laughs> Roll back the tapes. <laughs> I say rewind. You say pause. Why do you say, say rewind? I just feel like I say things I don't mean to a lot and piss people off or hurt their feelings. And I can rewind it right after it happens and be like, not say it. Mm. Mm, that's good. Or like Groundhog Day, like walk around and like see somebody get hit by a car and then rewind it and get them out of the way. Super Julie. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Super Julie. <laughs> I love it. What would you pick him? I think I like pause. I think I need a pause. I think I need more time to digest things sometimes and people move really fast. So I'll pause. It's sweet when Emma says it. 
I'll pause and take my time. Well, we want to say thank you so much for listening to this very off the walls, this wall, that wall episode of Takes All Over the Place. Unlike our usual consistent, very tame episodes. Anyway, if you'd like to hear our other thoughts, we also have a podcast called Blurg. You can check out everything at takespod.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to like and subscribe us. Tell a friend, share a friend, tell them all about it. Get us some more friends. It'd be great. Um, We hope you have a great week and stop watching depressing movies about women thanks from julie have a great week say goodbye and then nick bye adios <laughs> takes all over the place is a project of team takes aka nick cotter julie sunderland and emma cotter with the invaluable sound editing help from phil cotter and frank <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from frank <laughs> we love you frank <laughs>